You are listening to the IoT for All Media Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IoT for All podcast on the IoT for All Media Network. I'm your host, Ryan Chacon, one of the co-creators of IoT for All. Now, before we jump into this episode, please don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or join our newsletter at iotforall.com newsletter to catch all the newest episodes as soon as they come out. One of the last things I wanted to mention before we jump into this episode is that our wonderful partners, Calchip Connect, are excited to be leading the way in the IoT space, helping to drive digital transformation and decentralized open source wireless technology. A decentralized network is a community managed network offering public wireless services to IoT developers and consumers in exchange for valuable cryptocurrency. This new wave of connectivity is growing at an explosive rate. Early adopters are exploring new ways to utilize the internet. It's time to move away from the aging infrastructure and embrace a peer-to-peer model. Decentralized wireless has momentum and is here to stay. So please check out calchipconnect.com. That's C-A-L-C-H-I-P-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the IoT for All podcast. Welcome, Andy, to the IoT for All show. Thanks for being here this week. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's fantastic to have you. I wanted to start off by asking you to give a quick introduction about yourself, maybe background experience, anything you think would be relevant for our audience to kind of get a better sense of who they're listening to. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm an engineer uh, all my life, and um, I graduated with a um, PhD in electrical engineering uh, at MIT uh, back in the 2000s. And um, I was working on wireless communication systems, uh, something called wireless sensor networks for my PhD thesis. And of course, you know, almost 10 years later, uh, wireless sensor networks turned into uh, something called IoT, which was completely coincidental, um, but it was definitely an interesting start. Fantastic. So talk a little bit more about your current company, kind of what your company does and the role you all play in IoT. Yes, our current company, uh, Pression Devices, actually came off a prior startup that I did. Um, So about um, 10 years ago, um, we were uh, basically um, trying to solve a problem for uh, local utility companies, which is monitoring uh, underground conditions such as gas levels, um, water levels, uh, whether people are going down under the utility tunnels uh, without authorization. Um, so I was able to apply what I learned in school about wireless sensor networks to that problem. And uh, of course, it was around 2010. So mm-hmm. there was not a lot of IoT going on, um, and we had to build everything from scratch. Basically, you know, all the hardware uh, they were going underground, so they had to be waterproof, humidity proof, uh, right. proof. Okay. The signal has to come out uh, from the underground all the way out. We had to have um, communication connectors. Uh, we had to build our own communication protocol. Then we had to build the cloud. Um, it was a great experience. Um, we did very well uh, solving a major pain for utility companies. And along the way, what we found was that, you know, this is when IoT started to really uh, take off around 2014, Mm -hmm. 2015 or so. We found that, you know, people are interested in IoT much more now, but it's new. People don't know how to apply it. And for those who do, usually they have a lot of questions. They have a lot of changes they want to do. So for traditional systems where the whole system is like a black box, right? A lot of software, a lot of embedded um, programming, uh, customers were very slow in adopting this type of systems, evolving this type of systems. So that got us thinking, you know, what's a better way to do it? Fortunately, uh, being an engineer, we know a lot of engineering software that solve exactly that problem. 
for example, mm-hmm. software from Rockwell Automation, you know, to program PLC, sure. Sure. or software from um, uh, National Instruments, LabVIEW, um, to do data acquisition. Those are what's today called low-code software that enables customers to drag and drop components, connect by wires, and do, uh, do uh, custom programming, essentially, without uh, knowing a lot about technology. So we thought, okay, maybe we could do this to IoT. So we started to experiment. We built this mm-hmm. software. We call it distributed low-code programming software. And okay. that's the foundation um, of our product. So tell me a little bit more about the product, kind of how it works. Obviously, I've heard of other low-code solutions out there, but talk a little bit more about what your offering is, kind of why it's unique, what's, you know, what's different about it, and kind of the value it brings to the, to the market. Right. Basically, uh, when we started um, you know, our product, we had one requirement for the product, which is that you know, for a user who doesn't necessarily have to be a technology expert or a software expert, um, they go to one place they build their complete IoT system in that place. You know, they don't need mm-hmm. to come out. They don't need to do DevOps, you know, cloud operations. Um, they don't need to do sophisticated embedded programming. Um, right. Just one place, very much like LabVIEW, right? So okay. they drag and drop blocks. Um, they implement it. Uh, they can do no code or low code or coding if they want. But it's one interface for the entire solution. Um, gotcha. In order to do that, what it means is that we have to bring in different physical components and represent them as models inside our system because IoT system has many, many devices, right? You have many edge devices, they're connected to sensors and they're everywhere. So basically you have to virtualize them into our software as block diagram. And then you also have other blocks that that can represent cloud um, operations, cloud logic, Mm. cloud dashboards, and then you can wire in between them. So this is what so-called model as code type of approach, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, the software is a model of your complete system. And a user or engineer just goes in, you know, they drag down a block. They say, okay, inside the block, I want this block to acquire data, do some math, do some processing, store in database. Then I want that data to come out. I connect to another block, which is in the cloud, to do more uh, cloud processing. And you can draw all that in the same software in the same place. So this makes things much simpler to build for right. somebody who's not an expert. And, and I think we've done that very well. Now, is the hope that the companies that you work with can handle the development and then eventually the scale of the solution using your product themselves? Or are you all involved in kind of that whole journey from when you first start working with them through the kind of the scale of, of their solution? The idea is that eventually um, uh, uh, companies or or users can build everything themselves, uh, which is what we're doing now. We give the software pretty much to um, uh, engineers and users. They try it out. They build stuff. And once they're able to scale to production level um, solutions, now they can say maybe it will pay you some money to manage Mm -hmm. it professionally. When I say manage, I mean the software manages everything, right? So automation behind the scene. Um, and uh, so we don't we don't usually get involved. We do mm. get involved in terms of help, helping users along that journey. If gotcha. the users say, okay, you know, how do you guys do this type of analytics, right? We would help. Right. Sometimes we build additional uh, packages uh, for, for them to, to use. Um, and the goal eventually is that it's basically, you can use almost like uh, users using LabVIEW or RS Logics from, uh, from um, the, the PLC side, they can just mm. do it standalone. 
Gotcha. So are there any use cases or kind of deployments that you all focus on or any industries that you're focused on or anything that you'd be comfortable sharing with our audience so they can kind of get a more real world example of kind of see how the application of your technology is taking place? Yes, absolutely. So we do not focus on particular verticals. Um, we, okay. per, we focus on particular application, right? So application is basically remote monitoring analytics um, on edge computing devices. So our applications are, for example, you know, in a, a manufacturing setting. You know, maybe an engineer wants to quickly monitor, say, the wear and tear of certain equipment, right? It could be a, um, a probe of, of some sort. Um, it could be a machine. Uh, maybe they want to measure vibration or they count the number of times the probe is touching down. Um, in the past, obviously, just to build that solution requires a pretty, you know, sophisticated um, software and engineering team to do, right? Today, they grab one of those um, edge devices off the shelf. They attach a vibration sensor or they attach a, uh, a, um, uh, a, 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 prox- a proximity sensor and then... Mm-hmm. From our software, they can directly code what they wanted to do with the data coming from those um, those sensors, right? So our software sits in the cloud, and mm-hmm. you install our edge agent into your uh, edge device, and now mm-hmm. you can program that edge device from uh, our software in the cloud. You can connect that device to other devices. You can uh, connect it to some cloud operations. So our um, use cases range from monitoring equipment operations in factories to monitoring equipments out there in um, even car wash shops, um, mm-hmm. everywhere where you wanted to do remote monitoring using sensors, right. using machine vision, uh, you can do this very quickly with our software. Fantastic. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And when you're working with companies um, of all different sizes across all different industries, where what have you found are the biggest challenges to getting their deployments off the ground? And then on top of that, what advice do you have for those companies to kind of help overcome those challenges that you all are commonly seeing on your side of things? Yeah, so uh, we certainly see plenty of challenges in companies adopting IoT. And um, you know, one challenge is that um, I think a lot of end customers um, uh, they uh, don't really know exactly what IoT adoptions, uh, IoT solutions to adopt. This is completely understandable. Uh, right. We see this uh, over and over again. So they don't know what you know, what to monitor, what to do with uh, with data, uh, how to extract the value out of data, or even what's the ROI they're getting. You know. So I think um, getting all those answers ahead of time is typically how companies work in the past to adopt this type of solutions. They have to have a proposal, they have to have a budget, um, they have to you know, convince their superiors that there's ROI there. And unfortunately, uh, this way of adoption does not really result in a lot of success because right. working with IoT, working with data is almost a continuous process. You, know, you have to first you know, have visibility on your equipment, on your processes, uh, you, you can see some um, data out of it. You do some uh, simple threshold detection to detect whether something's wrong. But as right. soon as you get into that, you start to observe what else you can do. So you can implement more sophisticated algorithms. Maybe you can add cameras um, to supplement what you have. And over time, if you're able to iterate, almost always you come out with a very high ROI. But right. because, you know, IoT systems are so complex, black box feature, most companies are not able to do that. So this is what we do, right? So what we say is that, you know, with our software, you can start 
you can do a few simple things, solve, solve a few simple problems because you can do it very quickly. And then based on the observation you get, based on the feedback you get, you continue on to keep building on top. So it's a very, very agile type of development. Mm-hmm. And uh, because engineers can do it, companies don't require a lot of resources to get started. It's very low right. cost to get started. Um, so we believe that's a right way to adopt something that's you know potentially uh, transformational, but requires mm-hmm. that iteration uh, to get to the transformation. Makes a lot of sense. And where do you, you know, by being able to save costs kind of throughout that stage, where do you see most of the costs come into play throughout the development of a solution? Is it more on the hardware side or is there a different area where, where kind of the cost really starts to play a factor? Uh, the cost of what we've seen is really uh, human cost. So for okay. example, um, if, you, if a company wants to develop an IoT solution, they would require a software engineer um, to build the application, Another software engineer to get all the cloud environment set up, right? DevOps stuff. They need maybe a system engineer to do product test to make sure the solution is okay. You install the solution, right. um, and uh, when you add it up, you need you know four or five engineers, you know maybe half a million to a million dollars um, a year just to do that development, right? So right. you have to allocate all that cost um, ahead of time. Um, the, ideally, what you really want to do is you want to have this um, environment where you just dedicate one engineer who can very quickly build um, some initial solutions. Then from there, mm. keep evolving um, without having that big baggage of, of technology, um, you know, expertise that's required uh, in the past. Right. Right. Now, one question I've had, because we've talked to a bunch of guests about these topics. We talked about challenges before and everybody obviously has their own perspective. But one area that we don't talk too much about um, specifically is the factors that really contribute to successful IoT adoption in general. I think obviously, you know, with what you're offering is out in the market, the ease of 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 the technology's usability is something that contributes to adoption. But I'd love it if you could talk a little bit more, just even a high level, what you've seen across all the deployments and all the projects you've been involved with. Where do you see the or which factors do you feel contribute most? to successful IoT adoption from, you know, the early just kind of planning stages all the way through scale? Okay. Uh, we've worked with, um, you know, probably over 400 um, customers um, in our prior startup. So we've developed a good um, idea of which projects, projects are going to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, what people say is that IoT adoption uh, is a strategy. Sure. It's not a solution. Sure. So you have to go in with a mindset that is experimental, it's iterative, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes maybe you have to try three different solutions to get the optimal one, and you have to take small steps, right. uh, one step at a time, um, to go from visibility to discovery to transformation. And companies who do the, who take this approach generally are very likely to succeed. But you know this pr- approach is hard to do, both because companies are not used to this type of approach. Mm-hmm. But also, there's not enough good tools to enable companies to uh, take on this approach. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. If, if we were to kind of break down the different stages of kind of IoT when it comes to development, we have the concept, the prototype stage, then we have kind of scale. If we were to kind of go through each of those three areas and talk about what's needed to succeed, how would you kind of do that? Yeah, so what we often um, do is when we speak to customers, you know, we ask what the problem they're, they're um, 
they're trying to solve, right? So we always try to suggest something very simple. Maybe it takes less than a week um, to do uh, to, to show results. So that's a concept stage, right? It's a prototype. Um, but the nice thing with um, our solution is that if you build it inside, you know, it's, it's production grade to begin with, right? So maybe it's a, it's a small scale solution. Maybe you just have one edge device, right? With a few sensors on it, right. but it's pretty stable. And once you like that, um, basically you can add devices to it just by, you know, clicking your mouse button. Sure. Um, and uh, then uh, what you do is you continue to add um, analytics capability on top of it, mm. right? In- initially, it's usually about getting the data, formatting the data, store the data. And after that, you know, it's about, you know, doing more sophisticated analytics on it. We have packages to do that. And after that, you may add additional sensors, additional vision, sound solutions. We support those out of the box. Right. Um, so it's a step-by-step so that you go from concept to, you know, scalable production within maybe about a month's time, okay. uh, which, which is pretty fast compared to a lot of other solutions. Of course. Yeah, that's very quick. Um, now, what other factors are contributing to kind of that's being able to reach scale that or, or to reach deployment that quickly aside from just your general, the, you know, the offering you all have to the market? Because I know there are tons of other factors that kind of play into this. Yeah. So, you know, um, Ryan, if you, if you think about uh, what people do with IoT, yeah. at least the majority of solutions are, um, you know, they fall into the same bucket, right. right? So, you know, it's about getting data, then it's about figuring out the value in that data. Maybe you do it at edge, maybe you do it in the cloud, maybe you need, you know, three sensors or five sensors. Mm. Um, but um, the, the, the theme is the same. So, you know, what we do is that for this type of problems, um, it, we, we know how to, how to figure out, you know, uh, the solution because, first of all, you, you have the tools to do all the data an- analytics either in your edge devices or in the, in, in the cloud, or you can copy back and forth. Right. Um, or there is specific solution, like analytic solutions on different sensors that you can use. Um, so it's constrained to a set of problems, mm-hmm. I would say the common set of problems that the majority of companies are looking for. Um, now, obviously, you know, if you go much more sophisticated than that, it would take longer than a month for sure, right? You know, it's never a one month thing for you to finish IoT adoption. But, you know, taking this, this uh, steps in a month, you can get to a really good stage. And from there, you can continue to evolve. Um, and it's, it's that flexibility and, and evolution right. that we add into our product. Now, let me ask, when you work with a lot of, a lot of different companies, um, one thing I've, I've kind of seen as a trend is just the general educational component of what IoT is and how it can benefit businesses. What are you all doing to kind of help educate um, potential customers, maybe even before you speak to them, on the values and benefits of IoT to help them increase the likelihood that they are willing to adopt and kind of engage with you in business. And that's kind of where we've seen a lot of companies struggle with. A lot of companies are having tough time um, educating people before they even connect with them about what IoT can do for their business to then obviously turn into hopefully a relationship and a business relationship past that. So what do you all do to kind of help overcome that, that, that struggle that you know, a lot of people have when they get into trying to figure out if IoT is a good fit for them. And a lot of it starts off with that, just being able to be educated enough to 
with, with the right information to make the correct decisions on how, on how to adopt and, and get involved into, in building a solution for their business or the, potentially the business of their customers. Yeah, this is a really good point you are raising, uh, Ryan, because, um, you know, IoT is very new uh, for a lot of customers, in particular end customers, um, they don't know what to do. Um, so in our case, I think we do have an education component. We have a strong consulting component uh, to help not only with uh, technology uh, solutions, but also with uh, uh, st- strategic adoption, right. you know, with strategy. Um, so, you know, we, we usually share our experiences of how we um, have been able to help customers to succeed and use examples to help them to think about what they can do. Um, and on, on, on the other side, uh, we also do a lot of um, sort of uh, what do we call, um, you know, tutorials, solution templates for the technology side, right? Mm-hmm. So on the technology side, um, even, even today, uh, with so much interest coming from um, engineers, system integrators, uh, system architects adopting IoT, the skill level uh, is still not there. Right. So what do we do is we build solution templates and share it. We, we give it out for free, basically, for okay. um, our community users and say, take it, see how you, know, how you build a production-grade uh, solution that can scale to many, many devices. Right. Mm-hmm. Here are all the things you have to think about. Um, here you know, are all the techniques you used to do that. Um, so I think by helping uh, the community of users uh, with design techniques, uh, with, um, you know, what they can do with the solution templates, over time, we kind of build it up uh, for production-grade adoption in customer sites. Right. That's fantastic. I think uh, a lot of companies could probably benefit from, from, from that approach and just better understanding how to communicate with their customers even before they even become their customers and just help them overcome any of those challenges or concerns that they may have or have internally, you know, or thinking about on, on why IoT is kind of the right answer. Um, but That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, um, you know, in our case, I think we also have some... Uh, our product is very interesting, mm-hmm. right? So I mentioned this um, concept uh, model as code. You know, basically in our um, software, your whole IoT system is a model. You know, right. you have... Yeah, it represents the actual code that's going to mm-hmm. run in every single device, but it represents the data flow. It represents the device management, the device configuration. Right. So, you know, it's it's not a new concept in engineering, like all the engineering software I mentioned. Sure. They all uh, use this concept, for, but for IoT, it's still relatively new. We find mm-hmm. that a lot of users don't know it. and But those are such powerful concepts, right? So mm-hmm. we do a lot, a lot of education around that as well. Um, and I, I, as you said, I think educating both the users and the end customers are is just very important right. in IoT adoption. I completely agree. One of the reasons we started IoT for All initially was to help educate the world on what IoT is and how it could benefit their businesses. Because a lot of the information we were seeing out there was very technical, very engineered, engineer focused. Um, it wasn't really speaking to a lot of the decision makers in non-technical companies or IoT companies who don't have a technical background, so they couldn't really decipher what was actually going on with IoT, what it really did for their business. So that was kind of our approach. And a lot of companies we've seen since then adopt that approach, building materials that really speak to who their customer is, as opposed to just talking you know, and trying to impress people with their technical knowledge. And I think that's done wonders for um, our industry across the board, for everyone who's kind of contributed to uh, you know, working on educating the market in the world on IoT as opposed to just trying to push a product. So 
we think that's been fantastic. And what you all are doing, I think is great as well. Yeah, this is so important. I think, uh, you know, education, right, through podcasts, um, through webinars, um, through publications, um, really help uh, a lot of uh, end customers, um, you know, to, to understand more about how to adopt. Right. And uh, I think the technology complexity part uh, makes it hard, right? Absolutely. But it's getting better today. There's more low-code approach, um, you know, not only for IoT, for AI. Um, and uh, so... Um, so the solutions and the uh, strategies are becoming more approachable uh, and usable. Uh, so we're very optimistic and we do see the market moving, you know, in this direction faster and faster. There's certainly interest, you know, we, we see interest from nearly every company wanting to adopt IoT. How do we get through that barrier to get, you know, everybody on the other side so they can adopt with the right strategy to optimize their results? I think that's something that we work on. Um, to 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 educate. Right. Right. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Um, if our audience out there kind of wants to learn a little bit more about the company, what you all have going on, what's the best way to do that for them? Yeah. So our uh, website has a lot of good information. Um, you know, we have we have a lot of uh, publication. We have events. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, yeah, readers can go to our website, go to the event section. Okay. Uh, to see what we have. We have webinars, you know, for example, we have one coming up uh, next week. Sure. Uh, we also have quite a number of uh, YouTube videos. Uh, those are probably more technical, right? We, we, we explain the features um, of, of our software and how do you build better um, IoT solutions inside it. So for um, engineers, for users, um, you can go to our YouTube channel to, uh, to watch some of those. Um, certainly, you know, get in touch with us. You know, we're always happy to speak to end customers, to users, um, just fill out a quick form on our website and we'll get in touch. We always love to learn the use cases, you know, um, how people build IoT. And um, it's, it's a learning process. It's, it's a growing process for all of us. Yeah, that's fantastic. And is there anything new and exciting kind of coming out on your all's end that the audience or you know, anyone out there listening should be, um, be on the lookout for? Yeah, so recently we've been focusing quite a bit on uh, building solution templates that are plug and play. Oh, cool. But users can directly drag and drop it in our software okay. and see how it's done. Um, so I would re- really highly recommend um, users to, uh, to take a look at mm. some of the videos we have on solution templates. And if they're interested, uh, please um, come up, come to our website site and sign up for account. You know, we, we have a community, uh, community edition of our software, which is great to use uh, forever for development. Um, I would encourage uh, people to uh, try it out, um, see if it helps them. And of course, we're always looking for feedback as to how to make the, uh, our low-code um, product uh, easier and faster to use um, for users. Mm-hmm. Um, so our, our website is a good resource to find that. Fantastic. Well, Andy, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time to kind of talk to me and, and to provide this information to our audience. I think what you have going on is great. Anything that a company can do to help increase the likelihood of a company adopting IoT, I think only helps the industry as a whole. So um, so I really appreciate everything you all are doing and think what you have going on is fantastic. Well, thank you so much for uh, having me, Ryan. It's a real pleasure. Absolutely. 
All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this week on the IoT for All podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave us a rating or review and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Also, if you have a guest you'd like to see on the show, please drop us a note at ryan.iotforall.com and we'll do everything we can to get them as a featured guest. Other than that, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.